Hello, this is Marissa Schaefer, and I am here with Dance World Podcast, and today we are doing something brand new, which is to bring you our first bonus episode. From time to time, Ellie and I will be releasing mini-episodes on particular topics of interest, and this first episode is a follow-up to episode 26 with Dr. Carrie Sconey on chiropractics for dancers. So if you haven't already, we suggest you go back and listen to Dr. Carrie's episode before tuning into this one. On Dr. Carey's episode, we spent some time talking about high-velocity, low-amplitude thrust or joint manipulations, which, if applied correctly, can safely restore motion to a joint. Today, we're having Dr. Carey back on to speak about self-manipulation, which is when a dancer cracks their own joints. We apologize for the little bit of static in our connection, but without further ado, Dr. Carey Sconey, talk to us a little bit about why you wanted to bring this up. What are the inherent risks with self-manipulation? Yeah, so I have this conversation often with dancers, and it is just so common. Um, and the reason that dancers do it is because it, it feels good. You know, motion feels good, and there's there's an immediate um, effect to having a popping sensation in your joints. And, and some of that is chemical in nature. There's an endorphin release, so you get this immediate, like, feel-good kind of chemical action of, like, ah, oh, that feels relieving. And motion feels good to dancers. You know, dancers want to feel that they, they have this full range of motion, but it can get kind of risky. Um, the popping itself is not inherently bad. You know, the, the popping noise is just some, some gas bubbles that are being released from the fluid, like within a joint. So that in and of itself is not bad, but it's, it's when the practice of that becomes habitual and repetitive, especially if there's a forceful type motion with that. And, you know, we talked about manipulation in chiropractic, like our job is to look for joints that don't have full range of motion and to try to restore that motion. But when a dancer is popping a joint on their own repetitively, um, it creates a little bit of a hypermobility situation, and there there are definitely some consequences to that. So um, dancers see it, you know, and I was this way too, you know, I was dancing, and, and it ultimately led me to some issues in my back, and um, but this, you know, feeling of like, oh, it feels good right now, you know, and so so they think it's a really good thing, and I often have to educate my dancers about you know, the big picture about what that's leading to long-term. And so what might start as like one time it happened and it feels good. And then maybe a couple days later, they do it again. And then eventually for, for almost everyone, it turns into something they do like once a day or three times a day yeah. or every hour of the <laughs> it's day. Like a you know, bit of a compulsion. It does. And yeah. because that, that feels good. And the reason that that becomes bad is there's a couple things that happens. But one is, um, you know, ligaments are meant to protect joints and ligaments connect bone to bone and they're not elastic in nature. They're protective in nature. And so they keep our joints um, stable, essentially. And what can happen when you repetitively put a force through a joint is you can start to get this stretch reaction on the ligaments, mm -hmm. and the joint becomes a little bit hypermobile then. And also in the ligaments, there's some nerve endings in the ligaments that we call proprioceptors, and they essentially give feedback to your brain to tell you, like, what's normal, like where your normal end range is, and they tell your brain, like, hey, that's too much motion, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. protect that a little bit. And so when you start to damage that ligament or stretch it, that, that proprioception doesn't work as well. And so your body isn't as protective in recognizing, like, where's the end? You know, where right. does this stop for this motion? And so joints that become really hypermobile um, aren't as safe. You know, they're more, sus they're more susceptible to injury. Our muscles have to try to respond and protect that joint. 
Um, and it almost inevitably like leads to pain somewhere. Um, we see this a lot in the spine and the, the spine is unique because it has, you know, spinal nerve roots and um, intervertebral discs. And there's some unique, you know, injuries that can happen there um, when those tissues are stressed over and over again. Um, and then it's different in different joints. You know, the hip's a little bit different than the foot, and, and those, those joints are unique for their own reason. But the, the overall picture is the same, is that repetitive motion, especially when it's forced, you're increasing this range of motion over and over again, and, and tissues can get irritated, and you can lose some of this feedback as far as what's normal. Absolutely. And I think, like, we're, it's, we're kind of, like, at a double-edged sword here, right? Because, like, in some respects, well, the, like, dancers enjoy the hypermobility because, it, it, yeah. like, it kind of contributes to this uh, Instagram famous like hypermobile line, right? That we all really right. like. Um, but <laughs> um, again, to your point, I think it's important to bring it up again. Like your body doesn't know where it is in space anymore if you damage the mm -hmm. proprioception. So you need to be careful. I think though, also I'm going to play devil's advocate. If you're on the, we're talking about an extreme, right? If people start to yeah. crack yes. and do these crack, like intentionally crack their joints yes. um, over and over again. So um, to the dancer who's listening, who's like, oh my God, yesterday I accidentally cracked hip that's okay <laughs> yes right exactly that and and that's really common in dancers we know you know snapping hip is so common in dancers mm -hmm. and it can have a number of different reasons why that happens sometimes it's your hip flexor tendons sometimes it's the labrum sometimes you know there's this micro instability in the hip and it just happens it's so common in dancers and that doesn't mean there's an injury there it's what it's the repetitiveness the habitual part of it so the dancer who is noticing that they're doing it three times a day or every class, you know, right. they have to constantly crack their neck or pop their hip before they can dance. That's when we just, it's something to be looked at and to be addressed by someone because it's not, there are just some risks associated with that. But popping, if it happens on its own or if it happens every once in a while, it's kind of a life of a dancer. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so I wonder if we can come up with an answer to the following. Um, if there's a dancer who feels like they need to crack joints uh, or, I mean, I know it feels good and there is a kind of neurochemical response too, which is kind of nice, um, mm -hmm. but uh, might that be saying something about uh, what the dancer's body actually needs that's not cracking? Yeah, yeah, right. They need stability. <laughs> they almost always need strength and stability. You kind of set me up for that one. Um, yeah, you know, I have, if, if a dancer comes in and they're having pain and um, it's clear they're really hypermobile and I ask them, like, are you, you know, are you cracking this joint on your own repetitively? Mm -hmm. And they say yes. And I, you know, I ask them to stop cold turkey. Yeah. Like, let's stop. Um, and they, they really don't like me for a couple of weeks, <laughs> you know, but then after it usually takes about two weeks, I find. And then at that point, like, oh, I actually feel a lot better because during that time we start some stability work, right? We start strengthening the, you know, little stabilizing muscles around the joints, um, the multifidus muscle in the back, some of the rotator muscles in the hip. And we, we try to create some more awareness in the joints and mm -hmm. get those muscles firing. And then they feel they don't feel the need to crack it as much you know that yeah. that sense of like this feels good isn't necessary anymore because they they feel better yes. you know they have strength and more stability in the joint so almost always like if a, if a dancer feels like i just have to to feel better you know the answer is always mm, let's strengthen so. and stabilize <laughs> yes, yeah yeah right 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 check yourself if you start yeah. thinking that. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. um, so beyond, uh, you mentioned damaging proprioceptors over time, creating ligament or joint capsule laxity. Um, 
did you mention something else in terms of some of the dangers of uh, repetitively or habitually cracking joints? Yeah, I mean, it's different in different um, joints. So like, for instance, the feet, you know, I see dancers who like over the course of an appointment, you know, they've cracked their toes like five times in a half hour. Mm -hmm. You know, and I say, how even do you crack your toes often? How often? They said, yeah, hardly ever. Yeah. You know, and well, then I say, well, you just did like five times. And um, they're always really surprised. Like, really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, in the toes, um, same kind of thing. There creates some laxity there. But I've actually seen dancers who have sprained their toes from trying to crack their toes. So they've actually like, you know created damage to the ligaments. I've seen capsulitis where the capsule gets really swollen around the joint mm -hmm. um, from that repetitiveness. So, um, you know, that that's maybe a little bit more unique to the toes. I think the hip too, like when we talk about the hip, we have some of this like um, sometimes micro instability in the hip mm -hmm. because it's a ball and socket joint and the way it, this extreme motion happens um, as the hip moves around in dancers. Um, I think you can perpetuate that and affect like how the hip glides in its joints. Mm -hmm. We get some of this like what we call anterior femoral glide where the ball of the femur kind of slides forward and mm -hmm. you just kind of promote that. And so now you have a movement pattern issue where um, I guess it still falls in the category of some, you know, instability in the joint, but mm -hmm. it becomes a little bit of a movement issue. Right. If a dancer is, is experiencing that, I think it's worth getting checked out by someone, yeah. you know, who does joint manipulation because Sometimes we get hypermobility in joints where um, we're, we're hypomobile in other joints. Right. You know, for instance, like the thoracic spine doesn't move enough. And so a dancer compensates in the lumbar spine right. and starts to create hypermobility there. So, so there can be a solution to that of, you know, stabilizing in the lumbar spine, but actually creating motion in the thoracic spine. Right. And maybe that would be a more appropriate area for them to be manipulated. Um, and, you know, I think the dancers need to understand that when they're cracking their joints, it starts to become so easy for them because they're already working on joints that move so easily. Right. Like if you just look to the right and everything cracks, like that joint might be hypermobile, <laughs> yes. you know, um, you probably don't need to put more force through that joint to make that, to make that happen. There's probably an issue someplace else that could be addressed. Absolutely. So again, circling back to this idea of creating equilibrium, just yeah. perhaps not the way we originally thought it should be created. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. So Dr. Carey, thank you so much for being our first bonus episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And for bringing up a, a very important topic. Great. It's my pleasure. Yep. Take care. Bye. Thanks. You too. On behalf of Ellie and myself, I, Marissa Schaefer, want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dancewell Podcast. Like what you hear? Go to Stitcher, iTunes, or SoundCloud and search Dancewell Podcast and subscribe. You can also view all of our episodes and learn more about this podcast by visiting our website at www.dancewellpodcast.com. We wouldn't be where we are without generous contributions from our listeners. Your contributions help pay for our SoundCloud membership, website fees, upgrades, and our recording technology. If you too would like to make a contribution to DanceWell, please follow the link in the description of this podcast to visit our GoFundMe page. We thank you in advance for your support. And lastly, if you have questions or want to get in touch, email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye. <laughs>